Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. So this morning we're going to be talking about uh, the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Um, and this passage we're going to be pretty much talking about just taming your tongue. Um, something that we all struggle with yeah. in our day-to-day life. And this can pretty much go for everyone here. So um, it opens up, um, it opens up, so we're going to go pretty much dissect it like we've been doing the last couple of weeks. We're going to dissect it verse by verse, and we're just going to pretty much talk about um, each meeting. So, um, so James opened up in verse 1, um, chapter 3, verse 1. And he has stated, not many as you, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So James opened up here and saying, like, not everyone should become teachers. Not everyone is called to be teachers. Um, we all have, teachers is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is given to us as, as followers of, of God. So not everyone has the the gift of teaching, and not everyone should become teachers. And James opened up stating that. So, um, so just like pretty much how everyone has different gifts in God's kingdom. If teaching is not your gift, it's not your gift. If, but if you have the to another gift of you know wisdom or knowledge, then that's that's the gift that you have. So we have to pretty much. Um, so not everyone's called to be teacher, and then being a teacher, you will be judged more. Stricker. These are the two main points that um, James had opened up with. So a lot of times you become like, um, so a lot of times you get into the point where you be like, you know, why why is teachers judge more harder, or why is teachers judge more uh, stricter? So up up here we pretty much have you know you would be judged harder as a teacher because you are responsible for other people's lives. You know, you people in leadership are responsible for the sheep of the church or the sheep of God's people. Um, so we have the, the teachers have that position of influence in other people's life, which is why they will be judged more harder because if the teacher falls, then the people who they taught could also fall and be led away, which is why you have to be careful on um, on like false teacher, you gotta make sure that the doctrine is sound. And even as teachers, you know, we have to be mindful of the things that we say and the things that we speak and the things uh, on how we teach. And then in the book of the um, First John chapter four, one through three, um, read it up here. It said, "Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges the, uh, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. So it pretty much says, like, even as teachers, when, when you're hearing a lesson from teachers, you need to test the spirit. You need to make sure that their teaching is sound. You need to make sure that their teaching is right. Even Pastor Charlie and myself, when we are up here teaching to you guys, I always encourage that you need to go back and test everything that we are saying, test everything that we are saying is true, 
um, and make sure that everything that we say is sound doctrine. Um, and so this, this, this is why teaching is going to be, you are judged more stricter as a teacher because we are being responsible for a lot of people's lives. So now I also want to jump into, you know, teachers are needed. You know, just because teachers are judged more stricter, that don't mean you should refrain from teaching. That don't mean you should run from teaching. That don't mean you shouldn't try to teach. You know, if you have that, if you, if you have that calling of being a teacher, then you should pretty much stay encouraged and um, you pretty much need to stay encouraged and, and pretty much follow the will of God. So, because teachers are needed for the kingdom of God's kingdom, gifts of teaching does exist, and we need to help others understand the word of God. We need to help others grow in the word of God. We need to be able to um, pretty much teach them how to, not be, how to not stay babies in Christ. So, and I pretty much pulled a, ver a verse from 1 Timothy 4, 4 11 through 16. Um, I'm just going to pretty much just read the highlighted portion. I put the words in yellow. I should have just highlighted. <laughs> so, I want to focus on verse 13 where it says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through privacy with the body of elders had laid, and had laid their hands on you. So, you know, don't neglect your gift. Don't, don't um, run away from it. You know, we pretty much had to teach the scriptures and, and pretty much just stand firm on it. So even though everyone's not called to be teaching, even though teachers are judged more stricter, we still need them to pretty much grow God's kingdom. Now we're going to pretty much jump into uh, James 3, chapter 2. And it says, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to rein in the whole body as well. So here, I pretty much want to highlight, like, you know, we all stumble in the words that we say. You know, we all stumble. We all say things that we're not supposed to. We all say things that um, offend others or hurt others. And we stumble when we do that, when we do that action. So, um, and then we also just stumble on our journey with walk with Christ. Um, so the way you, so once again, the way you talk to people can cause you to stumble. And um, when you're when you're not being encouraging, when you are talking down on them, when you are judging them, you know you are not. Um, you you that's that, that's what causes you to stumble in your in, in your in your speech. So and then we also just stumble from our day to day action with um, in Christ in our journey and our walk. And as James stated, you know, we are not perfect. For in, in the scripture it says, you know, if, we, if anyone does not stumble, he is, he is a perfect man. You know, we, we all stumble. We are not, per none of us are perfect. We all stumble with either our action, we stumble with our words that we say, we stumble with, you know, just in, in every single day, just us being in, the, in, in a sinful nature. You know, we, that it, we just not, are not perfect here. Um, so to, to highlight some of the things that, you know, even though we are not, even though that we stumble, you know, how can we overcome our stumbling box with, you know, our mouth, our tongues, our action? And I just want to pretty much, you know, read Romans 14, uh, 13. Therefore, let not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in your brother's way. So, you, you know, we should refrain from 
judging one another. We should refrain from talking about one another, you know. So with that we need to be able to um, encourage each other instead. And then um, another way is to say, so, you know, submit yourself to God, you know, resist, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. So, you know, if we submit ourselves to God, if we let the Holy Spirit run our life, if we, if we literally, you know, surrender ourselves to Christ, then we will be able to overcome the, the stumbling block that, that is, that be set forth in front of us. So, um, so, you know, we, none of us are perfect, but we, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to pretty much get us there. So now um, on James chapter 3, um, he said, if we put the chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, now if we put the bit into the horse's mouth, so that way he will obey us, we direct their whole body as well. Look at the ship too. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are nevertheless directed by very small rudders whenever the inclination of the pilot determines. So here, James is given, is painting a picture on how something so small can control something so large. And on the next slide, you pretty much see like, uh, well, it's, it's hard to see here, but you can pretty much see like, um, when it says like the bit inside of the horse's mouth, it's pretty much like uh, the, I mean, the bit that you put inside the horse's mouth so you can, control which way to go like that small that that small item controls the entire horse's body so and then same thing with the with the ship you know with the with the ship on the back of the ship it has a um a, a rudder that pretty much is at the, on, on the east side of the ship and when you pretty much pilot it and turn it those blades um or windmill, whatever you really want to call it. <laughs> the rudder pretty much turns the ship, the entire ship itself. So it's something that small is just controlling something that's very large. And you pretty much just like, you know, just, just pretty much just, if you can actually fathom and think about that, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. So, and then James even mentioned, um, and then James even mentioned like how, so, uh, so then James even mentioned in verse 5 and 6, he says, So also the tongue is a small part of the body and, boasts, and yet boasts in great things. See, how, see how, how a great forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set amongst your body and parts, which defiles the whole body and sets on the fire. Uh, the course of life is which and is set on fire by hell. So he even bring into another pigeon example on like how a small fire can turn into a large forest fire. I mean, you can pretty much see that now on like the news with the Canada fire. You see how something so small had, had sparked off and started and then now it's just pretty much just grow and grow and grow and it's starting to affect other states and starting to affect everything in the surroundings. So something so small and, and James is saying, that is our tongue, you know, our tongue do that every day our, our tongue sets fires that we even wish we can take words back or we affect other ones and their life or our tongue or, or gossip and stuff it just spreads so quickly that you know it will take a miracle to try to correct something that you stated so you have to we like our tongue is that flame our tongue is that fire but we got to pretty much learn how to contain it we got to pretty much learn how not to, well, pretty much to tame it. Um, so the, the, 
he paints the picture as far as just like how um, like how big, how such small things can control something so massive. And then he just talked about like how the tongue is pretty much like, you know, unrighteous. So the tongue is, is a fire. It, it causes things to spread. Once again, it causes gossip to spread. It causes um, just chaos and it can cause chaos in just other people's life and in the people that's, that, that surrounds you. Um, so the tongue is the world of, un, is, is James says that the tongue is the world of unrighteousness. Uh, unrighteousness. So, you know, curses come out of our tongue. When, when, when we're angry with someone, we, we would, we would uh, you know, curse them. We would pretty much curse at them. We would pretty much um, downplay them, talk about them, insult them when you're angry with someone. So uh, those are all unrighteous actions that we, that the tongue, so, those so small, can control. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, they say that, like, the, the tongue defiles the whole body, like, when 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 you when you're doing stuff for God's kingdom, when you're working and striving and doing, you know, serving the community, um, you know, you're doing the work of God, and you know, you, you everything's in a good mood, and the next thing you know, something just quickly switch, and then your tongue will say something, or you will go say something, and this it just defiles everything that you're working for. So if we was just like in a camp or um, giving out hot dogs and whatever the case may be, and we're doing the work of God. And if someone says something to you or say something nasty to you, and then you respond nasty to them, you know, you just defile everything that you are pretty much working for. You defile everything that you're pretty much just, just doing for God and his kingdom. So we have to be mindful, like, on the things that we say, on the things that we speak, and, and try not, we cannot just defile the work of God. Like, when we're doing the work of God, you can't defile the work of God. You can't just... Um, once again, just 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 talk just just talk bad about it as you're being a, a, a representation of Christ when you're when you're trying to represent Christ. Um, and then a lot of things that we like to uh, uh, turn into, if when is is we use this term, you know, I'm only joking, you know. So we we use this term, and kids use it a whole lot. I mean, you we we going through sports camp right now, so you probably hear kids insult another kid, and they were like, "Oh, I'm just playing. Oh, I'm just playing." So, and we even still do it as adults, you know, when, 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 when we hurt someone's feelings, we say, I was just playing, I was just joking. Um, when someone was gossiping and got caught, like you, someone overheard you gossiping and you're like, oh no, I was just playing. And, and you're like, oh no, I was just playing. That, that wasn't true. And then, uh, or like when we deceive someone who is unaware of things, you know, when, 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 when you, when you, purposely mislead someone because of their lack of knowledge. You know, be like, and then someone who was aware or standing next to you, like, you know, that wasn't right. Oh, I was just joking with them. You know, it's, 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 it's those actions and those things that we just turn into, or those examples that we just turn into, I was only just joking. But Proverbs 26 and 19 and 20 pretty much has stated, um, so is a person who deceives his neighbors and says, was I not joking? For lack of wood and fire goes out, and where there is no gossiper, quarreling quiets down. So here, here in Proverbs, pretty much he's saying like the deceitful person is uh, deceiving his neighbor. He's saying that I was just joking. He's using that same term that we still use today saying I was just joking. And, but yet the gossiper, if, if, we, if, we, if we stand in a place of no gossiping, if we stand in a place of not putting ourselves in that position, if we don't talk about someone else, then all the quarreling quiets down. You know, all the issues and conflicts quiets down. 
um, all, the, all, all the attitudes and fights and whatever else that we go through just quiets down. So if we, if we refrain from being that gossiper, if we refrain from um, talking down on people, we can pretty much set that example of Christ to, to keep things peaceful, to keep things calm. And it's this term that uh, pretty much me and my friends and we all use is like say, you know, they have the truth in every joke. So it's like when, you, when you're joking with someone and like you said, you're talking down about them and you'd be like, I was just joking. Part of that is in your heart is true. You know, part of some of that, what you said that's in your heart was, was is how you truly felt. So it's, it's a truth in every joke that you try to tell. So we have to correct our hearts first before that we can stop gossiping. We got to correct our hearts first before we start to, uh, stop judging people. You know, if we come from a place of the Holy Spirit and stand and let the Holy Spirit control our life, we wouldn't do those actions. We wouldn't do those things. So um, I threw that in there because, like, even to this day, like, we, we still say that. And you are like, well, you know that's not right. Or I'll use Jalen. We're best friends, so I can use him. But, you know, he was like, if, if he go and say something, I'll be like, Jalen, you know that's not right. He was like, I was just playing. And then we'd say, there's a truth in every joke to pretty much just re remind him, like, part of you is not, all of you is not playing. You know, to, to remind them to like, is a, is, a, is, a, is a phrase of reflection. So, and then something that I wanted to uh, point out is Matthew 12, 35 through 37. So the good person brings out his, his good treasure, good things, and the evil person brings out his evil treasure and evil things. Once again, I got this highlighted. But I tell you for that, but I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will be given account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So here um, is another reflection of your heart. To where though, if you're, if you're a good, um, so if you're a good person, you bring out good activities, you bring out good phrases, you bring out good encouragement. Um, that, that's, just what, that's just what good, persons do it reflect the fruit that is on the inside of you the way the evil person just bring out nothing but insults judgments anger um and, and and pretty much it stated here like you know we will take account for the things that we say here you know we will take account for the things that we for everything that we do in this body we will take account for on a day of judgment so we have to pretty much continue to turn our life over to christ and pretty much die daily and carry our cross for christ in order for us to continue to be, to, for, for, in order for us to be that good person, in order for us to be that righteous person, in order for us to pretty much to speak good things, um, we pretty much have to let the Holy Spirit take over um, our life. <clears throat> um, so then. Uh, we're going to jump into the next verse of James 3, 7. It says, For every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures on the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. Now this is, uh, um, you can go and go to the next slide. So this, this, is, this is something that just, you know, just is another wowing factor. So you have a lot of people who just, uh, animal keepers in the world that tames animals. You got people that, um, that work with lions. You got people that work with people in the uh, dolphins and stuff in the ocean you have people that tame bird keepers so you have you have us as, as the human race teaming 
I mean, just large quantity of, I mean, just large size of animal. And, um, and pretty much in Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish and the seas and, the, um, and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock, over all the earth and other, every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish and sea and over the birds, the sky, and every living thing that come, that moves upon the earth. And we are still doing that to this day. You know, you still have people um, uh, pretty much having dominion over the animals to this day. And they pretty much are taming them. They pretty much control them. And, you know, the, the size of them didn't really matter. But what, 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 what you want to highlight here is in the next statement that James said, he said, no, no one of, among mankind can tame the tongue. You know, we can tame animals. We can tame, we can tame things that are such bigger than us on the outside with, without having fear, but no mankind can tame his tongue. So that, that, that goes to say, that, that, I mean, that just goes to say something. It's just speak values on like how we let this little thing that's inside of our mouth um, controls our entire body. James 8, um, James 3, 8 through 10, it says, but no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is the restless evil full of daily poison. With it, we bless our Lord and the Father, and with it, we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth came both blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, things should not be this way. Um, you know, things things should not be this way. And then, then, and then, in the in the next slide, I pretty much use like how from the same mouth we try to we we curse people, and in the same way we also bless God. And um, so up there, you know, the ways that we curse people, you know, we we cuss people out once again. Like if we're angry at something, you 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 turn to insults, you turn to get away from me, you turn to you know any nasty thing that you can think of. And then you know we talk down on others, we 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 we. we you know, downplay their situations, or we um, just just talk down on them. And once again, there's another one that's just the, the way that we just judge other people. But yet, and still, on Sundays, we turn around and we, you know, we pray to God, and then we turn around and say, um, you know, we thank Jesus, and um, we praise God, and it's pretty much, you know, he's saying, like, those things shouldn't be that way. The, the way that we um, if following God and the way that we, you know, talk in the church, we need to pretty much talk that way everywhere that we go. You know, we pretty much need to have that demeaning and the Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go. Not just keep, not just let the Holy Spirit control your body when you're in the church. Not, not, don't, not, not letting the Holy Spirit only, um, you know, surrendering yourself to the Holy Spirit inside the, inside the place or doing a Christian activity. You need to do it everywhere that you go. You need to let the Holy Spirit pretty much um, just take control over your life. So it says things that and, and things shouldn't be that way. Um, and then uh, I put like in Christ. So in in Christ, when we are in Christ, when we do let the Holy Spirit take over, um, Colossians three six through ten. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourself 
are to put off all the anger, the wrath, the malice, the blasphemy, the filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created. So it's here to say we need to put away the malice. We need to put away the wrath. We need to put away the filthy language. Because when we, when, we, when we made the decision to come to Christ and let Christ run our life, we are in a new man. And, and, and it says that, you know, our old self is passing away and we are new in Christ. We are a new creation. So we have to, we have to put all the, the angry, the filthy language and stuff behind us because we are now uh, serving God's kingdom. And then Colossians 4 uh, highlighted, it says, uh, conduct yourself with wisdom towards others, making the most opportunity. Your speech must always be with grace. It's through seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to, the, to each person. So it says our speech and stuff should be with grace. Our speech and stuff will be with love. Our speech and stuff should be um, just, just loving to one another so that, way, um, to, so that way we can respond to each thing that someone is stating. You know, if we, if, if we, if we are able to respond with, in love and everything that we do, and everything that we do, you know, just just the, the the gospel community itself would just be extremely better. You know, it, 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 if someone come with if someone come to you with wrath and anger, but yet you you stay in a place of calmness, you stay in a place of um, of the Holy Spirit and talk to them out of love, you will calm that person down. You know, their their anger will go from here to here just for them just just from them just hearing the sound of your voice of just the love that is in it, that you genuinely and sincerely care for that other person. So if we are all, if we are, if we can come to a point that we can always talk to people with grace and love and, and just let the Holy Spirit do his thing, then we will be able to um, put away all the malice, the anger and the conflict and the issues that we, and the chaos that pretty much run rampant in our life when it doesn't need to be. Um, and there's something here as far as just, uh, yeah, so something here as far as just James 3, 11 and 12, it said, does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives or a fine bear figs, nor can salt water produce fresh Water. So, um, when you when you when you look at here, we 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 we're going back to the place of you know we can't have it both ways. We 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 can't we we can't have it both ways of living the godly life but still living the worldly life. Because if we are producing fresh water and it, and um, if you 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 you're producing fresh water, you know salt is not going to mix with that. We we got to be able to um, separate the two. As we as we walk in our journey with, with with life, you know, it pretty much said like salt water will never produce fresh water. Um, so, uh, so once again, so we cannot speak blessings out of the same mouth and curses out of the same mouth um, as, as as bodies of Christ. So you you cannot live a life of Christ um, and the world. You know, you must choose what type of life you want to live. You must choose. Um, 
you know, yeah, you, so you must choose what the type of life you live. You can't try to be a Christian one day and then turn around and, and do the worldly things and be like, oh, well, Jesus is going to forgive me. It don't work that way. We need to fully surrender ourselves over the, to, to the Holy Spirit, to Christ. You know, we, we have to continually produce fresh water. We have to continually be, be the spring of life. We have to continually be able to, to pour out onto others the, the, the freshness of God. So we, we, we have to pretty much um, come, to a, come to a place of just like, which, which way are you going to follow? You know, don't, don't play the teeter-totter game. If you're going to follow Christ, then you do what you need to do to pretty much follow Christ. And one of my favorite scriptures is Galatians 1.10. Um, and it says, For do I now persuade men of, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So in our life, when we make this decision on like, should I go with the world or should I go with Christ? We need to please God. If, if, we, if we just continue to run with the world just to please our friends, just to please our coworkers, just to please whoever um, we're trying to please a man, then we would not be a bondservant of Christ. We have to pretty much let, we have to pretty much choose to follow Christ each and every day that we are walking with our journey. Um, yes. It's going to be difficult. Yes, you may sacrifice some of the things that you quote unquote want to do or you never got the chance to do, but the reward that you're going to receive from Christ is much greater than those things. So we have, you, you have to be able to just give it, give, give it all to Christ. So once again, we just, we just can't have it both ways. So, so out, of, out, of, out of all of this, as far as like how to tame the tongue, how to tame the tongue, the question still remains, how do we do it? The question still remains, how do we do it? So how do we still do it? One, but, um, you know, pray to God to help change you. Pray to God to help change you. That's the only way. It's the only way. The only way. If you pray to God, he can change your heart. He can change your mind. He could change your life. You gotta have faith in him. You gotta trust in him. You gotta believe in him. If you completely surrender yourself over to God, you will see the changes happen in your life. You will see, you don't even have to look far. You will see the change in day to day. And you can see yourself becoming a better person. And that's, that's just, 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 even in my life, you know, I just have asked God to change me in a lot of ways. I have asked God to change my mind on how I view things. I asked God how to change my perspective on how I view things. And he does it. You just got to continue to pray to him, trust him, and have faith in him. Rely on the Holy Spirit to completely surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit run your life. Let the Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of times we, we just like, you know, the do our way. But if we let the Holy Spirit have his way, our life will be easier. We will have more peace. We will have less chaos. James also said in James 1.19, you know, be slow to speak and quick to listen. 
How can you tame your tongue is be slow to speak. Listen to people when they are talking. Listen to their problems and situation and help them, encourage them, support them. Don't judge them, throw them away, and treat them like the, the world treats them. You got to love people to Christ. Bring them to Christ. Practice speaking words of encouragement. You know, practice saying good things to other people, not just your friends and family. You know, it's easy to support your friends. It's easy to support your family because you want nothing but best for them. But we don't even need to support people that we don't know. We need to support people and encourage them to, 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 to people that even is, is that, that is hard to love in, in our heart. You know, the, the community that we in, we must be able to express love to get them to Christ. We, 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 we have to. So if we practice being encouraging, like, you know, just, just, just anything that encourages someone in their problem situation, you got this, Jesus is on your side, is just like continue to encourage them in their life. And then um, another way that we continue to tell them, just always remember that everyone is an image bearer of God. Everyone in this room is an image bearer of God. And that was one of the things that I even asked God to help me with in my life, is to remind me that everyone that I talk to in my day-to-day -day life is an image bearer of God. People at work get on my nerves at times. <laughs> but I still, when, when I'm having conversations with them or whatever I'm doing, that I, I try to mentally remind myself, like, even though you're annoying me right now, you're still an image of God. I still need to love you. I still need to encourage you. I still need to push you to keep going forward. If we could change the mindset that, you know, you're all image bearers of God, because the way that we would talk to God is different than how we talk to each other. But if we are all image bearers of God, then we need to pretty much respect each other as that. We need to respect each other as that. Love and encourage each other as one another. And, um, being and then the last one I put, uh, being completely silent is not the answer. I actually, actually I heard this from someone, and, and it was just, it was just, eye-opening, and, and I had to share it. Um, and it pretty much said, um, you know, being silent is not, the, is not the way to try to tame the tongue. You know, a lot of time there will be like, oh, I'll just stay quiet. I won't say anything. You know, if, if the urges, you'll probably hear that saying, you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. So you try to hold in everything that your, your, your mind and heart wants to say. You're like, oh, I'm just not going to say it. But that still don't change the inside. That, 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 still don't, that still don't deal and solve with the issue on the inside of your heart. That's just temporarily stop you from creating chaos at that moment. But when all that builds up, you're going to release it on someone, on someone. So being completely silent is not the, is not the, the, the answer to, um, to, to keeping the, the, the fresh water. And he stated, and then this, this is what I heard, it says, you do not solve the problem of an unruly horse by keeping it in the barn. You do not solve the problem of, steer, of, of a hard-to-steer ship by keeping it tied to the dock. You cannot, so, so that means we cannot solve the problem of how to control our tongue by taking a vow of silence. We can't, we can't solve the problem by taking a vow of silence. Um, because the, 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 your, your, your tongue will still be on fire. Your tongue will still be on fire. So how do you, how do you change the unruly horse behavior? 
Not by locking them in the barn. How do you master steering the ship? By, not by keeping it tied to the dock. So how, do, how can we change our tongue in the way that we talk? We can't do it by staying completely silent. So the only way to tame your tongue is by letting the Holy Spirit take control over your life. That way we know what to say and we know what not to say. That way we know how to speak and what not to speak. You know, it's, it's in the, I didn't put it up here, but you know, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 10 is, is another one of my favorite verses. Where it's just a time for everything underneath the sun on earth. It's a time for everything. And then it goes into the seasons and times that are there. And one of them is the time to speak and the time to be silent. It's a time to speak and a time to be silent. But we, the only way that we can recognize those times is just letting the Holy Spirit reside in us and be in that action and letting him control the things that we do and the things that we say. So, so just, just want to um, be, be a reminder that, you know, we need to be one person everywhere we go. We need to be one person everywhere we go. We need to be children of God child of Christ everywhere we go, not just in here, not just on Greenmount, in your home, at your job, with your friends, wherever you go, we need to be that one person which is a child of God. And we, because we cannot have it both ways. We cannot have it both ways. So once again, the, 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 the way that we speak here, and just remember that everyone is, a bear, is an image bearer of God, if we, can, if we can remember that and treat everyone as such, then you'll have respect for more people. So everywhere we go, just remember that be the child of God. Let the Holy Spirit control your life, and that's the only way you'll be able to, 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 to tame the tongue and be able to change your heart and your mind and literally give it all to Christ.